You're very welcome along to the Benchwarmers podcast, the second episode of it after uh, week one last week, funnily enough. Uh, Rory O'Hagan, Neville O'Donoghue here. Neville, um, how are you, boy? I'm good, I'm good. Busy uh, weekend. Jeez, the weather's fairly atrocious <laughs> out there. I, I nearly got blown away yeah, coming to work today. Unfortunately, I had to cycle in now. I, d- I didn't come in the big murk like yourself. But did you not uh, get blown away like the witch in the Wizard of Oz? I did, but I can see it's trending there on Twitter, so it's bad for everyone in Britain and Ireland. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely terrible. Storm Imogen, I believe it's called, isn't right, it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, my wheelie bin was blown over this morning. Like, you know, that shows you how bad it was, and it was full. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to talk about on today's episode, um, and a lot to talk about, a lot of ground to cover. It was a, a fantastic weekend of action in the Premier League. Uh, a lot of um, Leicester to pick it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, yeah. Like, we'll talk about that in detail a little bit later on. But Leicester, my God, what a performance! I don't think anybody saw that coming. No. Nobody saw them going to, to Man City. I mean, like we spoke about it last week and said if they get a draw, yeah, happy days. Happy days. Um, they got a fantastic win. Manchester United's draw with Chelsea yesterday. Um, you know, still falling further back in the title race. And Liverpool's draw with Sunderland. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Two goals up against Sunderland, letting that lead slip. Yeah. We'll discuss all that and more. We are going to kick off today's show, though, with Arsenal, um, who had a great 2-0 win away to Bournemouth. That's kind of reignited their title challenge. It was kind of a little bit stagnant um, in recent weeks. Uh, but they're back to winning ways, back to within five points of Leicester. And to discuss it, Rob Lyle of Arsenal Fan TV joins us on the line now. And Rob, is that your title challenge reignited? Yeah, it is. It's back on track. Um, we've we've had uh, a pretty poor period recently, but um, it was vitally important that we won that game. Um, you know, to get number one for confidence, and number two to you know go into that Leicester game with something to kind of you know a, a lot of things to play for. And I think we did that yesterday. So yeah, I'd say definitely the the title pushes back on track. I mean, like, what was that poor run of form down to recently, do you think? <laughs> it's been down to, I don't know, down to quite a few things. I mean, number one, you've got to say we haven't played well. Um, so we haven't been playing that great. That's number one. Number two, we had some very difficult games. I think Liverpool away, Stoke away, back-to-back. You know, especially with traditionally, we don't do very well at Stoke. So those were never going to be uh, easy games. Followed up by Chelsea. You know, it's, it's, it wasn't that you wouldn't exactly look at those games and say they're, they're easy games. You know, um, as I said, two of those are away from home. Um, and then the Southampton one, you know, Southampton, they've been bang on form. We should have won that game, by the way. Uh, hmm. That game, I thought, you know, we did enough to win the game. We, we, we were all over Southampton, but just couldn't break them down. But the Chelsea one, I think, was the, the one in that it was the most disappointing for me because... Uh, we kind of threw the game away before it got started. So it's just led to like a, a lack of confidence. We haven't been scoring goals. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just hoping that yesterday's performance is going to lift the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just on yesterday's game as well. Eddie Howe said afterwards that Matthew Flamini should have been sent off early in that game for a two-footer tackle. Um, what yeah. was your view on that? Um, you know what? It's, it, on, on, he could have been sent off, definitely. Um, he, he went in two foot. He has got the ball. And I think because he got the ball and he clearly got the ball and he didn't get any of the player, um, I think that's why he's kind of got away with it. But it's a really stupid thing to do. It's, it's one of them where on one week you can get away with it, on another week 
you get a red card, a bit like the Mertesacker one in that, you know, with Costa, you know, sometimes, you know, the referee might turn around to the player and say, get up, you've made too much of that. And then on another occasion, uh, you, you get sent off. I, I just think with Flamini, you know, I mean, he's got to be more disciplined than that. I mean, if he had been sent off, it could have cost us the game again, you know, and been mm. down to 10 men and somebody of his experience, you know, he's, you know, eight minutes into the game, that, to- that tackle is totally unnecessary. But then I suppose on the other hand, we're always complaining that players are not showing enough bite in midfield. And I suppose he was showing. It's a hard one, but I think we did kind of get away with one on yeah. looking back on it. And um, the form of Mesut Ozil as well. Um, he scored yesterday. He's been setting up goals left, right and centre for Arsenal this season. He's been that key to, I suppose, Arsenal's performances this year. Uh, he's been he's been amazing this season. Um you know, every time he steps on that pitch, he's he's uh, having an effect on the games. And, you know, all I can say, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's been absolutely key to everything that we've done so far this season. And uh, if some of the other big players can step up around him, I think we've got a good chance of winning the title. I still think we do. Yeah, and you head to the league leader, or you play the league leaders anyway this weekend. Um, and a win, I suppose, vital against Leicester uh, for that cause to, to, to win the league. Yeah, I think, um, you know, well, first of all, we can't afford to lose that at <laughs> all. But, um, you know, yeah, if we can win that game, we're then within two points of Leicester. And, you know, I keep saying to people that there's a long way to go. It's like over 30 points to be won. And, you know, despite Leicester, I mean, I must say that was an amazing victory at Manchester yeah. City. I, I didn't think they'd turn them over like how they did. And I've been very impressed with Leicester. I remember when we beat them 5-2, <clears throat> that was probably the best game I've been to this season. Uh, and, you know, the way they came flying out of the blocks, they looked a very good team. Um, but I still think there's a long way to go. I still think uh, pressure is going to come into it. I mean, they have been playing without any fear. But when it starts to come down to the countdown games, as, as Fergie used to call it, squeaky bum time, <laughs> Uh, I think it will have an effect on Leicester and Spurs because, you know, you start to see the price. It's happened to us before over seasons where we've kind of, you know, choked when the time has come. It's happened. And the Leicester thing really reminds me a lot of Liverpool when they, a couple of seasons ago, when they were, you know, they went on that amazing run. They were just blitzing everybody. I remember they blitzed us. They, they were just ripping everybody apart. And then when it came down to those last few games now, they just completely fell apart. So it's too early to say that Leicester are going to win it, just like it was too early to say that we were going to win it. There's still a long way to go. And it's not about being first in February. It's about being first in May. And I'm, we just got to stay in that hunt, stay in the fight. And, uh, you know, we've got a great chance. We've still got a great chance of winning it. Rob, um, looking at Leicester at the weekend, as I said, I was very impressed as well, the way they tore Man City apart. They actually reminded yeah. me of Arsenal in the way, the way they hit him on the counter. Like, yeah. how, are you, how are you going to, what way are you going to set up against Leicester at the weekend? Because one thing that I've been very impressed with is the pace that they break in the counter with Verdi, Martin, is all, or Mares, all these fellas. They're incredible at yeah. the moment. I think, um, you know, I think Coquelin has to come back into the midfield um, for that game because uh, we know that they break very quickly through that midfield area. And Coquelin is a, is a guy who gets around the park and really helps out that back four. Our back four is very quick. 
So I think, you know, we, we, we can cope with them. But what I notice with Leicester is that they get the ball forward really quickly uh, on every occasion to, uh, to, to either Mares or Vardy. That, that is their plan. Get, as soon as they win the ball, get it forward as quickly as possible. Um, and Okazaki as well, he breaks through. So they, they literally have like a front three running onto you. What we've got to do is do a similar thing. When we win the ball, get the ball forward quickly as well to our players. And I, I saw um, some of that yesterday, that we were doing that on a regular basis. Uh, we were getting the ball forward really quickly to our front players. So I think it's going to be about defending really well and getting that ball forward quickly to our players, keeping an eye on uh, on Mahrez. I think the three, three players we really got to keep an eye on is, is Vardy, Mahrez and that Okazaki. Those three guys, they're the guys that break really quickly. All Brighton as well. But I think at home, I think we've got enough to beat them. You know, if they come on to us, that's what they did when we went to Leicester. They, they tried to play the same sort of style that they played yesterday. And we was able to count on them. And we really, you know, we, 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 we were electric that day. Um, but it's not going to be easy because they're a very good team. You know, um, People have been underestimating them all season, but you know they've only lost two games yeah. for the whole season. So you know they're a very good team, but I, I still think that Arsenal can beat them. It seems. How does it feel now that it seems like the whole place is with Leicester? You know, like like I'd say before, people would prefer Arsenal to do it over Man City, but it seems yeah. the whole thing has shifted now to Leicester. So how does it feel to be kind of like, no, we don't want Arsenal to win it. We want everyone wants to see Leicester win it. No, I don't really care about it. I just want Arsenal to win it. I want Arsenal to win it. I don't care if, uh, you know, a fan of another club wants Arsenal to win it. You know, I just want to... I remember a few seasons ago, as I said, with Liverpool, everybody wanted Liverpool to win it. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't win it. It's Manchester City won it. So, you know, I, I, listen, it's it's about Arsenal being professional and doing what they've yeah. got to do. Um, the Leicester story, of course, is is, is fantastic. It's good for the Premier League that, you know, you know, I mean, who would have thought, I was thinking about it, um, I was thinking about it yesterday, that who would have thought the biggest game of the weekend yeah. would be Manchester City, you know, a few, you know, quite a few years ago, they weren't even <laughs> a big club, Manchester City versus Leicester, when on this weekend you've got like Man United playing Chelsea, you know, so it just goes to show what Leicester have done, it's been amazing, but I want Arsenal to... You know, they've, we, we've got the players to win that league. And I, I really feel that, you know, as I said, we haven't been on the greatest of form recently. Um, we've had quite a lot of injuries as well. But some of those players are back now. And if we can get uh, players like Alexis back to their peak form and uh, players like Walcott, you know, get back on form, we can, we're definitely going to have a big say in where the title ends up, and I and I and I really think you know we, it's, it's all about whoever goes on the run. That run of about say five to six games winning, they're probably going to be the team that takes the league this year. But it's very tough. Tottenham as well, you got to watch because they're yeah. very consistent as well. So it's such a it's such a hard one to call this year. Uh, Rob, just as a slight aside, the game on Sunday being played at noon, which um, isn't ideal for supporters of either team, really, is it? No, no well, and it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> and they moved it at the last minute, which has really um, irritated a lot of fans. Um, there were fans uh, been messaging us 
and saying how they had the plane tickets booked from Ireland, from um, Scotland, from, from various places in Europe to come over to watch the game on a Saturday. And then with only three weeks notice, they've changed the game to the Sunday. And, you know, I, f I think something needs to be, you know, we've had it, we've had it all weekend, haven't we? With, uh, you know, we, at Arsenal, we had this thing where uh, the football club performed a U-turn over um, ticket prices yeah. for the Barcelona game, the Liverpool fans walking out. And, you know, not just the clubs, but also the TV companies, they show a lot of disregard sometimes for fans. You know, and I think something really needs to, there needs to be a coming together where these things are fought out. Yes, we know the TV companies, they want to, they want to show these games, you know, obviously Leicester and uh, Arsenal is, is now a massive, massive game, but you still got to think about the fans because without the fans, there's no game, you know, it's just, if it's, you know, you see those games sometimes when you watch them on TV where they're playing a game behind closed doors. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if, if it was Barcelona playing Real Madrid in that El Clasico, it's still boring if there's absolutely no fans there. So they have got to start respecting the fans more. And the problem is that far too many times fans are just overlooked. It's just an afterthought. Mm. You know, I remember last year, uh, Manchester United versus Arsenal in the FA Cup, they moved that to a Monday night. You know, you can't get a train home. I mean, when the, when the, when the game finishes, um, you know, all the trains, there's no trains back to London. How are the fans supposed to get home? Yeah. 9,000 Arsenal fans travelling, but the TV, BBC it was at the time, they didn't care about that. They just want their viewing figures. So there needs to be um, some sort of a happy medium where fans and TV companies and the clubs come together sometimes on some of these things because... You know, 12 o'clock. And as I said, also to factor into that is that it's Valentine's Day, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I'm not saying that they, they, you don't have football on Valentine's Day, but they've moved it to Valentine's <laughs> Day. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of men up and down the country getting grief there's gonna because be a, of that game now. There's going to be a lot you know, of unhappy so. wives and girlfriends on <laughs> Sunday, I think. Sorry? There's going to be a lot of unhappy wives and girlfriends on Sunday. Yeah, including mine. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert. But, um, listen, listen it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a massive game. A massive, yeah. massive game for Arsenal. And, uh, you know, I, I can take the earache if we win it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, as a neutral, I'm really looking forward to this one as well. Um, what's the feeling like on the terraces, though, Rob? I mean, like, as we've mentioned, it's wide open, this Premier League title race. If Arsenal don't win it, will it be seen as a disappointing season? Yeah, I think so. I think um, because of the nature of this year, you know, Chelsea got no chance of winning it. Manchester United have, have, have been weaker than they normally are. Manchester City have been faltering. You know, everybody's looking at it as Arsenal supporters and thinking, come on, this is this is our best opportunity yet to win this league. And if we if we throw it away this year, you know, I think there'd be a lot of very, very disappointed um, Arsenal fans because it just, you know, it, it does feel like, you know, this is a this is a massive chance for us to win it. And I, I just look on, I, I look at the players that we've got, and I'm like, you know, if those players step up, there's no reason why they can't win it. And also, I think a lot of fans know that the looming prospect of uh, Pep Guardiola coming to Manchester City 
uh, Mourinho going to Manchester United means that those teams next year, they will be stepping up. Jurgen Klopp's uh, Liverpool will probably go out in the summer and um, buy a load of players. It's going to be really tough next year. It's really tough this year, and it's, but it's going to be even more harder next year to win it. So this is a great opportunity to win the Premier League. And um, I think the fans have uh, been a bit frustrated recently because we were in a very, very strong position and, you know, we, we've thrown away a lot of points and now we find ourselves in joint second. Um, but um, we've, got, we've got to now start stepping up. I'm, I'm just hoping that we've, that we've gone through our bad patch and everybody's still got their bad patch to come. Um, but we have, we have been through a patch where... See, the thing is with the Premier League nowadays that if you draw like three games in a row, you know, a team that's lost two and won one have still got the same amount of points as you. So, you know, it, we've got to start winning games consistently. Um, looking at uh, Europe then quickly, Rob, because uh, yep. you're playing Barcelona and they looked like they played Valencia last week and they absolutely will. We know Gary Neville's managing them, but they... they... <laughs> I, I think that's why they will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they got, like, let's, they got Neymar, Messi... Suarez, yeah. they look incredible. Like as an Arsenal fan, you like how are you going to stop this? You must be fairly worried. <laughs> I think every Arsenal fan's just going into that game saying, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, if I'm being 100% honest, and I look at Arsenal's team, um, I can't see how we're going to beat them over two legs. I have to be honest. I, I, I'm normally somebody who's quite optimistic. It's going to be very, very tough. Um, but we've got to try, we've got to go out there and give it out. But I, I do think we're capable of beating them at home. It's, it's the problem, I think, is like you need to beat them with the, without conceding yeah. and go to the new camp with like maybe a clean sheet. Um, so that you know they haven't got away goals and then you've got a chance. But it's so difficult to keep a clean sheet against that front three, even let alone to win the game. But I think we, we, we showed against Bayern Munich at home. We beat Bayern Munich at home, remember, 2-0. And I, I personally think Bayern Munich are just as good a team as, uh, as Barcelona or near, near as good. I mean, if you look at their front three of Lewandowski, Muller, um, and also either Douglas Costa or, or um, Iron Robin. You know what I mean? yeah. And then the players that they've got throughout the team, their team is very, very strong. Very, very strong as well. So... We beat them 2-0 at home. Can we repeat the same against Barcelona? It's going to be really, really tough. I think it's almost at the moment. Most fans would rather win the Premier League. If we can win those games, it'd be fantastic. For confidence, it'd be amazing. But it's going to be tough. And just finally for me, Rob, um, your YouTube channel, Arsenal Fan TV, very popular, very funny stuff. Um, how did it all begin? And it seems... These fan channels are after taking off big time, like with Stephen on last week from Full Time Devils. Like, yeah. how, how did your thing begin? Like, this this is the new thing. People love hearing the raw emotion after the games. Yeah, you know what? It just came from that. I mean, I, I'm I've been going to football for years and years, and always after the game, you're going to the pub and you you know you hear the fans talking about the game and their opinions on it, and then you like maybe go and watch match of the day and their views and the fans' views sometimes completely different. And I just always thought to myself, you never really hear from the fans. Yeah. You always ever just hear from ex-players, so-called pundits, 
Um, but you never hear from the fans, the ones who pay their money, go up and down the country each and every week. And I wanted to give uh, like a video sort of forum for fans. Um, and, you know, that's what we created. It's, it's been um, pretty successful. And, uh, yeah, it's been very, very good. I mean, when we first started it, I was told um, that it's not going to work, uh, you know, if you haven't got the the football rights, if you haven't got the you know the the highlights of a game, uh, nobody would be interested in it. And I think we proved everybody wrong with that. And also, um, you know, like Arsenal fan TV's United fans from all around the world that support Arsenal, and and you know it's really good to see like other other um, channels uh, starting up. Yeah, uh, you know. I, is you know this has been proud for 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 me for 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 a lot of fans to be like of someone who's done some of these other channels to come to me and say well you know you kind of inspired us to start one up for our club you know it's been really really nice to know that and uh it's been good because we we're able to then do collaborations with um fan channels of other clubs so it's it's been really it's been fantastic we're just working hard on it now to grow it bigger and bigger and bigger um yeah, it's it's, about, it's been an amazing ride. I mean, you know, it's something that we just started off um, uh, just as a part-time thing. You know, I was working full-time up until a couple of months ago when I just like, you know what, it's, it just takes up so much of my time. I've got to do this full-time now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's been amazing. How it's many been subs- amazing and, uh, you know, we've got more great stuff to come, hopefully. How many subscribers do you have now, Rob? Um, we, we're, we're just closing in actually on 200,000 subscribers on YouTube and, um, we've had nearly 90, nearly 90 million views. I think it is. And we've been going for, we've been going for just over three years. So yeah, as you know, as as I said, you know, if if you'd have told me at the start when we started doing this, (laughs) that we'd get that many views that, you know, we'd be able to interview Arsenal players like Giroud we interviewed last week that, you know, Arsenal players will be recognising us. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like yesterday, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain after the game was talking to us and that, you know, and telling us that he likes the channel. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's completely, completely, completely amazing. Even, even um, I spoke to the um, Ivan Gazidis is a... Uh, um, one of the uh, he's one of the uh, CEO at the club. I remember I saw him at this event and I was thinking, oh, here we go, he's going to slate us off because uh, we are very critical sometimes of players. You know, I mean, we we give fans a forum and we don't; it's undiluted. And even he said to said to us that, listen, you know what? Fair play to you guys. Um, I think it's right that the fans have a voice and have an opinion and he goes I think you guys do it in a very professional way uh, he goes obviously a lot of times <laughs> I get a lot of grief on it he goes but fair play it's honest and that's all we're trying to be we're just trying to be an honest channel that reflects how fans feel um, and yeah I mean um, let's just hope we can just keep it going and just make it um, get better and better and better and if it inspires uh if it inspires um, fans of uh, other channels to set up and do similar things um, for their team, you know that's great as well. I feel I feel really honoured that you know that fans are doing that as well. But yeah, no, it's been good. It's been it's really, really, and I love doing it. You know, 
Yeah, I love doing it. I mean, if I was in my old job, if they told me to go down to Bournemouth when it was pouring down with rain all day long <laughs> and the wind's blowing a girl Good yesterday, I'd have been like, I'd be like, no. But I mean, when you go and watch Arsenal, I mean, you, you go anywhere. Yeah, you know, so it's brilliant. Well, we wish you continued success. ArsenalFanTV.com online and at ArsenalFanTV on Twitter. But for now, Rob Lyle, thanks very much for joining us on the Benchwarmers podcast. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for having me. Well, that was Rob Lyle from Arsenal Fan TV. Rob just said there that if Arsenal don't win the league, it's going to be a massive disappointment. Um, would you agree with him? Hugely, yeah. Like, it's now or never for Arsenal. They haven't, as I said, I think Wenger, he doesn't get half enough credit. He's he's built up that club. He's moved them to a bigger stadium. He hasn't went out and spent lavish money like Mr. Van Gaal. Yeah. He's, he's built it the right way, and I think, but now is never, they have to do it this year. They had to get a win against Bournemouth. They got that win done. Yeah. Um, Mesut Ozil looked class again, and he's was, been my mainstay in fancy football all this year. He's but, the only one who's getting me points. But Bournemouth was a banana skin like. You know, yeah. They had to get over that because they've been drawn the last few games, uh, so they had to get that initial win. And as you said, it's going into a massive weekend of Arsenal. Leicester, that, that's it. everyone will be tuned into that. It'll be a massive mm. game. Yeah, the big one though um, was Leicester's performance against Manchester City. I'm not entirely sure anybody saw this coming mm. over the weekend. I mean, like it was just an incredible performance from start to finish. They looked composed. They they broke with speed. Um, they counterattacked fantastically well and just looked so so good doing it. Yeah, they blew Man City off the pitch. Like as the boys said, match of the day. Like why are we surprised with this? They've been doing it all season. You know they're mm. they're they're just not backing down. I actually think Leicester can do it. No, at this stage, I'm a, a believer. No, you know, I think um, I think they were unreal. They they're the one. They're the only ones that look like they want to win it. But as Rob said, he makes a very good point. It reminds you exactly of Liverpool two years ago. Mm. They blitzed everyone, but then when it came to the crunch time, when it came to when you're that close to it, they slipped up. Well, you think they can win it? Claudio Ranieri himself doesn't think so. Right. Well, he's obviously always going to play that card. You know, he's going to he, he's going to play off the favour tag because he wants to. Oh no, he wants to put the pressure off the players and all that. We're only in it to enjoy it. But surely they must be thinking in the back of their heads now. They're flying it. They're, just, they're not. That's what up. you have to say, though. You can't come up and say, "Yeah, we're favourites. We're going to win the league title," because people just be lining up to to, to yeah. cut you down to size. Yeah, but you have to t- like you have to be. I suppose no. He's he's doing the right thing, you know. But I suppose you have to be honest too now as well. You know, they're not far out. They they're obviously thinking, "Come on, let's do this. We can really make." Because I actually think if Leicester do this, it'll be one of the. I know it might be over the top, but this might be one of the greatest achievements in any sport. You know, mm. because when you think of the amount of they were comparing the, the the wages Man City have compared to Leicester, you know, like it's it's an uneven playing field, mm. you know, and Leicester, are, what they're doing is incredible. If they win it, it's it's huge. It'll be absolutely incredible if they could do it. Um, they actually play like some of the nicest football in the league as well. I mean, like they're not afraid to allow teams <laughs> to have the ball because when they do, they 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 contract they counterattack just so so quickly I mean like there was at one stage during the game on Saturday there was four Leicester players yeah. sprinting the length of the pitch um, to get up and join an attack against two or three Man City defenders it was brilliant I think attitude is everything in sport and I love their attitude a lot of teams would have went to Man City and been happy with the draw they went with the right attitude I think Robert Hoot scored after four minutes they were attacking they were pace everything they were flowing but that just attitude. I remember being a Chelsea fan you had at one stage you had Czech Frank Lampard and Drogba you had a strong quarter team mm. Leicester have the same they have Schmeichel they have Hoot 
and they've the two boys up front, you know. Mm. So, you know, they got they got a great chance. Yeah, Maharez has been class. <laughs> yeah, Vardy had a quite enough game on uh, on Saturday, but still played his parts. Michael, it's interesting as you mentioned him because he's been linked with a move to Manchester United. And like, it could be just idle tabloid talk because it's easy to make the link to United as Michael and goal at Old Trafford. But his form has been excellent, and he looks a, a solid keeper, which he didn't look like up until this year at all. Yeah, he, yeah. He's just been fantastic. Yeah, well, it is a good point to make actually, because look, the guy is—I'd say I'd put my house in it that he's going to go to Real Madrid. In the summer, the, yeah. yeah, so it is a good compar- good thought that he could go to Man United, but um, he wouldn't be a bad replacement for that. No, he wouldn't. But I see all the jokes going around there that uh, Peter Smeichel. He's played, he's retired. Casper's uh, grown up and is about to win the league and Liverpool still haven't won the league. <laughs> All these jokes. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. But, um, like, he's he's a, he's a cracking player. Yeah, he's he's been unreal. Because, as you said, sometimes players, it takes them a lot longer to mature. And mm. he's he's a quality goal, you know. And not forget, you goalie, you could go well into your thirties, if not forties, even. You know, yeah, so. fantastic. Yeah, just yeah. Um, moving on. Um, Chelsea and Manchester United yesterday, finishing up in a one-all draw. Um, United had that game won. Um, Memphis Depay had the ball up in the Chelsea half, and instead of holding on to possession, running to the corner flag, lost possession, gave it back to Courtois, and Chelsea went up the end of the pitch and scored. So United just threw two points away yesterday at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. Um, no, it was as as Rob said. Who would have thought that <laughs> this is like? You think this would be the biggest game of the weekend yeah. when it wasn't, you know? But yeah, United again. Like they did have a one, but again, United. I think they're they're not going to get f- the top four. They're I think they're very poor to be honest with you. I think Chelsea. Well, they're six points off the top four now. Yeah, after I st- yesterday, I still don't think they'll get it. Yeah, to be honest, I think the top four are sewn up. Uh, Tottenham win again like yesterday, like but Chelsea. They look like they might be getting back. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Pato, the new striker, does. Um, mm. But it's going to be very interesting how both those clubs develop in the next while because it, it, if you're going to believe the talk, Mourinho's closing in and uh, United job. And if you're going to, and you're, I think there was talk of Chelsea have a Italian manager. His name escapes me coming mm. in the door now as well. So watch Chelsea and Man United very closely. Well, it's interesting you should mention uh, Mourinho because uh, Louis van Gaal. Um, said yesterday that those um, reports of uh, Mourinho being close to taking over at United uh, are made up of course Mourinho just been linked so so heavily we talked about it last week as well in that, that letter that he wrote yeah. that turned out to be not really written um, to the Old Trafford board saying he'll change his ways and he'll play attacking football so Van Hal's under pressure because Mourinho is available there's a lot of talk linking him uh, with Old Trafford but this is what he said yesterday Louis Van Hal when asked about um the prospect of Jose Mourinho coming in as Manchester United boss. Why the club has to deny that when you are creating stories? Okay, so you, you d- didn't have spoken with Ed Woodward, not with the Glazers, and you are uh, inventing a story. So yeah, you could, you could hear the anger in his voice there, couldn't you? He just didn't sound at all impressed that he's been asked about the prospect of Jose Mourinho coming in and taking his job. Look, to be honest, as Stephen said last week, I think Van Hal probably end up walking at the end of the season. I think he's at this late stage in his career. I'd say he's never got. We all know how bad the English media are at times. I'd say he's never got as much uh, of being in the spotlight and as much of a doing in this job. Um, but yeah, sure. Would you be happy if someone <laughs> was attacking your job? I don't think so. You know. So, but he's he's going to defend his corner and he's going to let on that everything is rosy dozy. But it's not rosy dozy mm. because Man United, being the club that they are, they demand winning Premier Leagues and. 
to be not even in the top four and I don't think they'll get the top four is fairly shocking. Yeah, know? just on that game as well yesterday, the injury to uh, Kurtzuma, uh, hyper-extending yeah. his knee. His knee bent the complete opposite way that it should. It was horrific looking and the guy's screams of pain were just frightening to listen to. Yeah, no, we wish him all the best here but it looks bad. It's it's amazing there's not more injuries like that because defenders uh, jump in the I'm actually cringing yeah. just thinking of it. Yeah, it's, but uh, you can just see the way they come down. You know, he just came down badly there and uh, yeah, it was shocking really. You know? Yeah, they're going to learn today um, how bad it is. Uh, boss Gus Hitting though is hoping it's not as bad as it first looked. It's a hyperextension when you land like that, and that's uh, that's not good. Let's cross fingers, not make it worse than it maybe. Uh, I don't know, maybe is, but uh, it's it's not good when you land like this. I I don't think it was as bad as the Luke Shaw injury anyway. He's I think he's coming back now. Yeah. But it's um it's it was an awful. It, it, look, we'll know today. Um, I did looking at it. It looked desperate, really. Like you yeah, know. it was horrible looking, and I. Yeah. Don't want to remember that image uh, floating around in my head of that injury. It was absolutely horrible to look at. Um, the other big talking point over the weekend was Liverpool throwing away a two-goal lead late on against uh, South ha- uh, Sunderland. Excuse me. Um, their fans left at 77 minutes um, to protest ticket Mingley prices. Left as well, so the Mingley. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play to for walking out to fans. Um, the concession of that goal from the free kick was soft, though, for Mingley, wasn't it? Yeah. No, he's. It's amazing how he's after getting a new contract. He's brutal. Jimmy Carragher said a good few months ago that Liverpool think they're a big club, but they're not really, you know. They're mm-hmm. actually falling into a mid-table club, which is very worrying for Liverpool, you know. Um, I think Klopp, though, he, he'll get to summer and he's still in his honeymoon period. He won't be tested. He won't be judged. Well, the sure. argument there is that it's not Klopp's team, so he has to be given time to establish his own team with his own identity and not with just players that were there already when he got there. Yeah, exactly. You know, as Glenn Hoddle said on Fletch and Sav last week, you need 18 months in a job. You you know, you're, it's it's ridiculous getting rid of these managers after a few months. Um, I think next year will be the real test for Jurgen Klopp. But at the weekend again, weekend against Sunderland, it was really soft uh, stuff. You know, mm. two nil ahead. You know, I remember Roy Keane when he was playing. You could he would have killed him if he was in the Liverpool team there. Um, but it was. It was awful stuff, really. Like, but um, having said that, I, I I really hope Sunderland stay up because I really love Big Sam. I think <laughs> uh, I think he's a master at these. I think he will keep Sunderland up. Looking at, I I think. I think Villa are done. I think Bournemouth will probably slip into it, and then it's a toss-up for the the third spot for the final spot. But I think um, I think Newcastle survive as well. But Sunderland, that was a massive point for them against Liverpool. Yeah, Sunderland have four points off safety now, following that uh, point. Um, yeah. Four behind Newcastle, who picked up a massive, massive win against West Brom, um, which really strengthens their case for staying up. Uh, Norwich City replacing them in the in in the bottom three, so a huge result for Newcastle. Yeah, that was huge. Like. Um, um, Steve McLaren, he's put a, they bought an awful lot of players in January, so they'll be demanding that he stays up now. He bought the Swansea uh, midfielder as well, the fellow looks like uh, Lord Voldemort. I think he's there, <laughs> but um, he's, a, he's a good John player. John Joe Shelby? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Lord Voldemort. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> he's and, uh, I, yeah, I think Newcastle. Like when you look at Newcastle, a lot of people I have arguments with fellas, but um, Newcastle are still a big club. I think you know when you look at they're the, in the north of England. You know it's nearly right beside Scotland. There mm. they're the main one, and they got a big fan base, big stadium. I think I I remember growing up when I was young.
younger, they were in the Champions League with Bobby Robson. You yeah. know, it'd be nice to, to get them back to, yeah. to get them back to that point. Like, yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, it was a, a very impressive win for them, and a, a badly needed one as well. Tottenham are up to second. They had a one win over Watford, and um, there's a lot of talk of Leicester's title run, and there's a lot of talk of Arsenal going on a title run now. But there's not much being made of Tottenham, is there? Yeah, no, there's not because Leicester are the talk of the place, you know, and Arsenal being as big, but sure. It must Rob there on earlier. <laughs> he must he must be gutted seeing Tottenham, their biggest rivals, ahead <laughs> of them in the table. And who could make it up like this? Sure, yeah. Leicester and Tottenham, the two top teams in the ta- the two top teams in the table. But um, yeah, I think Tottenham. If as Stephen said as well last week, if anyone can put a few wins together, you know they can because it's just so tight they can break free. I think Tottenham though they I don't know how they got Del Ali and I don't know how Del Ali was missed. You know, for mm. all these seasons, he's a quality player. They think he's going to be the next Stephen Gerrard, uh, Harry Kane. They, you know, they got some great players there, and Tottenham are going to come very close as well. Mm. Just looking ahead to the uh, the fixtures next weekend, um, some massive fixtures on the Sunday. We spoke uh, to Rob about Arsenal versus Leicester City, uh, but Man City and Tottenham is a massive one that kind of uh, huge title implications. Yeah, that's that's a door die really for either club. You know, so as a uh, as some of the jokes are going around, how did Man City lose to Leicester? Manuel Pellegrini, as Pep Graliola, you know. <laughs> so I know, but I suppose he'd like to see it out. He'd, I suppose, he'd like to. They're still challenging on four trophies, Man City. So maybe they'd like to win the Premier League and, uh, you know, let him uh, leave Man City with his head head high. But that's that's a massive game between Tottenham and um, Man City, and whoever comes out that one, like Man City at home again, so. It'll be it'll be huge. Actually, just on Pellegrini, that whole um, announcement of Guardiola's arrival was just kind of handled in a very weird manner, wasn't it? Well, uh, listening to um, who was it, Joe Hart? I was listening to him there on Sky Sports yesterday. He said they they actually, uh, I think Manuel Pellegrini, he comes out with his head held high with this one. He's really they've put that to the back of their mind. That's next season. They're focusing on this season. As I said, they're still challenging mm. in four trophies, but. Um, yeah, look, I'd say that that supposedly just talks. I'd say that Pep Guardiola deal was done a long time ago. Like I think you were saying there off air that they might have, they had it lined up to do it on transfer deadline yeah. day because they knew it was deadline day was. And they also weren't doing any business. Yeah, so but it's uh, look. He, I'm actually as a football and Premier League fan, I'm I'm very excited seeing uh, Guardiola in the in the Premier League. And yeah. the thing I like about him as well is Guardiola is. It would have been very easy to stay at Barcelona and win all these trophies, but he's the type of fella that likes a challenge. And I'd say he's taught his, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make Man City the bigger club in Manchester. It'll be very interesting to see what players he keeps. It will, yeah. So, um, And yeah. what players he brings in. It will. It's he, he said he's going to get, he can get a blank checkbook. They're going to give him all the money he wants because, you know, they have all the money they want and, and they'd, they'd trust the money in his hands, but... It's going, it's going to be very interesting there to see how that develops. Yeah, it'll be very, very interesting. Need a couple of um, FA Cup uh, replays this week as well. Um, Peterborough and uh, Bournemouth um, are playing, uh, Peterborough and West Brom, excuse me, are playing on Wednesday. But tomorrow, a massive game for Liverpool season. They go to West Ham, which isn't an easy place to go to. And West Ham flying in the league at the moment. Um, so it could be a cracker tomorrow. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a great one. Uh, I think West Ham are quality side. Um, but that's 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 going to be a great game. Hopefully, Jurgen Klopp will be back for that one. He had his appendix. Uh, he had appendicitis. Got his appendix taken out, and he's looking at being back in work today to, to yeah. take training. It's incredible. He's nuts. He's um, 
for, but I was listening to him there. He, I'd say th- these type of fellas, they're in this position because these guys are workaholics. You know, mm. they they give it their all. But um, West Ham are a quality team. Um, like it looks like they were right getting rid of Big Sam because I can't think of the West Ham manager's name. He's after bringing them to the next level again. But it's uh, Liverpool, West Ham. It's hard to call that one. I'd say I'd say that could go to a penalty shootout. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's the Premier League done and dusted and wrapped up. Um, let's talk Six Nations, and the weekend that was in it. Um, it wasn't a great weekend of rugby, was it? No, overall, it, it wasn't really. Like to be fair, I watched the French. I, I watched watched them all. France, Italy. Uh, what was Parisi doing going for that drop goal? You know, <laughs> like you gotta you gotta play the percentages. And um, he didn't, yeah. No, like you gotta play the percentages. Like I, one, my buddies are saying, oh, supposedly Parisi is very good in training at doing drop goals. That's all well and good. In but, training, yeah, but there's look out. It's not what he does right yeah. you should be giving it to the out half still but supposedly in the game Parisi was getting frustrated that the out half wasn't stepping up and going for the drop goal yeah. but I uh, France has gone way back it looks like it I, but I would have loved to see Italy do that because that would have been their first win in France mm. it would have been would have really kicked off the Six Nations on a high but as I said France have gone way back and mm. they look to shadow what they were yeah Italy are going to uh, rude that they didn't take their opportunities uh, on Saturday and didn't win that game but like let's talk about Ireland and Wales finishing 16 apiece um, I've been reading reviews of the game saying it was a thrilling contest and other people saying it was a poor contest um, what do you make of it? If ever there was a game of two halves that was it the first <laughs> half was cracking the second half not so cracking but um, it, it was a war it was an attrition you know we were talking off air you'll be worried about Johnny Sexton if he gets any more concussions you'll be you'll be worried being his parents mm, big time yeah but um, it's uh, as I said to you off air as well Rory I think it's, we're just after World Cup. I think this Six Nations, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I think everyone's now just slowly, gradually gathering themselves after the last one and slowly building up to the next World Cup. And, uh, of course, you got the Lions Tour in between. But it was... Um, it was it was a good contest. I think a draw was actually a fair result. I don't think either side deserved to lose it. What was really uh, interesting to see was I thought Henshaw really got a bit of a lesson against Jamie Roberts. Mm. Like it's he was like, brilliant yesterday, Roberts. Yeah, like but you think you think Henshaw is a big man, but Jamie Roberts is a monster of a man, <laughs> you know. So Huge, yeah. but he, he he clobbered him there a few times. It was like it's not because I think Henshaw is still only about twenty two, twenty three. So mm. he's probably learning from the best there, you know. One stage in the second half was very impressive when uh, Wales had the ball and they went through something like thirty phases, and Ireland were just so disciplined in defence, and so united. They turn over the ball and then yeah. concede a penalty for holding on. That's got to be massively frustrating for Joe Smith. Yeah, no, massively. But I'd actually be worried going to Paris now, as you said the six day turnaround like if there's one thing France have I, I said they're gone backwards I think but they still have an, an array of talent and mm. a load of players at their disposal Ireland were still very limited like everyone goes on about how popular rugby's gone in Ireland it's it's gone popular viewership wise but there's not actually that many people that play it in the country mm. you know but I'd be I'd be I'd be worried against France because uh, they could open you up. But having said that, Ireland's defence was quality. Yeah, it was so, very impressive. Yeah, so they don't look like they could be leaking many tries either against mm. France. Um, good news on the injury front: um, Keen Healy, Mike Ross could be back. Sean O'Brien, Rob Carney could be back for the game, which is massive. Getting those four players back can be huge. Um, it looks like Keith Earls is going to miss out with a, a concussion. Um, he didn't look well at all leaving no. the field. Johnny Sexton, meanwhile, uh, should be fine. He looked like he might have taken a knock to the head, but. Uh, 
the uh, Irish medical team saying nothing to be worried about. So that's massively positive. I would be. Um, I Mike Ross is a big one. I'd be very worried about Ireland at tight head because Mike Ross, he's thirty six and we missed him big time yesterday. Like Nathan mm. White was at tight head, mm. he got absolutely done the scrum yesterday. You know, he was really under pressure against Wales. I think Mike Ross, he's learned his trade in England, but he, as I said, he's pushing on thirty six. I don't know what happened to Marty Moore. It seems because he's got his deal in England, mm. they've nearly after forgetting about him. That think, tends to happen though, doesn't it? Yeah, Sean O'Brien we could have done with him yesterday for his ball carrying skills mm. and he's on his day he'd be in any team in the in the world nearly uh, but it has to be said like CJ Stanner he really stepped up to play man of the match like he, his mental place must be full to bits with bottles of champagne because he's uh, <laughs> he's a serious player yeah um, so after the weekend's action um, Ireland are now fourth favourites for the title yeah, I'd agree with that. I, well, maybe I'd make them joint with France, as I said, because France don't. But I would say England and Wales, that's going to be the deciding one, you know. It'll be very, I think, Scotland will play in Wales this weekend. That'll be an interesting one because Scotland, it's an embarrassing stat, really. They haven't scored again, a try against England now, I think, in about, well, at Murrayfield in about five or ten years really? or something. Yeah, it's they were, the commentators were saying it. But... Uh, yeah, you just have to focus on the next game really mm. in the Six Nations. But uh, I would agree with that, hurling about four favourites because you have to think of the losses we've had as well. Like you know, losing Brian O'Driscoll and Paul O'Connell, you know, the two of them are irreplaceable. You know, you just think if they the two of them, I know it's all lifts and buts, and we have to move on. But if the two of them yesterday, we would have won it. I no doubt about mm. it. Like you know, but it's. Um, yeah, it's earning in transition, and as I said, it's all about building up to the next World Cup. Certainly is. Did you watch Super Bowl last night? I did. Uh, hence why I'm half knackered in here today. <laughs> but uh, I just thought you were always like that. Yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, no. It was look. It is what it is. It's the Super Bowl. The Yanks completely flowered up. But uh, their Super Bowls are rarely good games. Well, actually, believe it or not, I'm not a big American football fan. I, me personally, I like fluency in sports. If you yeah. in football, stop, start, stop, yeah, start, stop, start, stop. In football, rugby or GA, you turn the ball and away you go for ninety, seventy, or eighty minutes. You don't have that in American football. But I've said that it was all about uh, maintaining. What's his name? Uh, the quarterback for Cam Denver Luton. Broncos. Oh no, Peyton Manning. Yeah, it was all about him last night. He got his Super 39. Bowl. Thirty nine. Yeah, you know it's it's incredible, really. So. Second Super Bowl ring, yeah, and yeah. Um, he didn't have much to do last night. It was kind of a the defense for the the Colts won that game for them. They just completely shut out Cam Newton, who um was in weird form afterwards. He walked out of a press conference after giving just like one word, one line answers. Um, just like wasn't impressed at all. He was getting savaged on social media, um, for his performance. There was at one yeah. stage, um, the ball was fumbled. He didn't die for it. Um, and then. The press conference just came in, slumped down, had a hoodie over him, just shouting, or barking out, just one word answers. And then he just got, had enough and walked out. So, not be made of that today. But um, yeah, that's probably going to be Peyton's last game. Uh, retires with two Super Bowl rings, the only man to win a Super Bowl with two separate franchises, Jeez. the oldest man to win it at thirty nine as well. So, um, not the greatest of games, um, no. but. It's always a spectacle. I watched it last year. It was my first time ever actually watching the Super Bowl last year because other times I just couldn't couldn't have been bothered. But uh, I really enjoyed it last year. But this year it wasn't a great game, really. But uh, as you said, the Americans being the Americans, there was an ad nearly every fifteen seconds, you know, and uh, 
the half time show was again very uh, I don't know uh, bland yeah and then um, but it's funny I see all the jokes were going up last night Super Bowl a few million watchers uh, World Cup final a few billion watchers like you know <laughs> but uh, yeah. I know look it is as I said it's funny how the Yanks call themselves uh, be world champions world champions sure we <laughs> might as well call Kilkenny world champions in Ireland <laughs> while we're at it like you know so but it's uh, I know look that's the Super Bowl and uh, yeah it's, it is worth to watch to be fair mm. yeah yeah, um, yeah. Kind of, I still kind of enjoyed it despite the, the poorness of the game but yeah. what can you do um, that's pretty much it from us this week on the second episode of the Benchwarmers podcast just one final reminder a big event happening this Thursday in Cork City yeah it's uh, we've the Liverpool Legends coming to the Hanover place uh, in mm. Cork City uh, Robbie Fowler Diddy Hammond and Jess McAteer hopefully hopefully fingers crossed we'll get one of them on the show next uh, mm. next week but it's um, yeah, it's it should be a good night. It actually is very fun and entertaining, but sure, I more or less said it all last week. So yeah. if you're in Cork City, make sure to come along. Yeah, and you can get more information on the Benchwarmers website. This has been a co-production of the Benchwarmers and Cork Sweat FM. Rory Hagan and Neville O'Donoghue here, and we'll be here uh, every week as well. So thank you very much indeed for tuning in. If you want to follow the Benchwarmers on social media. It's BE Warmers across everything Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow us uh, at Big Red Bench uh, for all the latest sport. Thanks very much for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next week.